everybody. Welcome back to my library. Oh, today, today is something very fun, very special. See, this is the first time you'll get to see me reacting to something near live. Because just like 40 minutes ago, I got out of a movie. And that's the movie we're going to be today. It's the new Demon Slayer movie, uh, Demon Slayer Mugen Train. And first of all, I have a warning before this. This is a very new movie. It technically came out last year in Japan, but thanks to the pandemic, uh, it was delayed in its release and has literally just come out today in the U.S. I would highly recommend you see this without spoilers. And I will be talking about spoilers, though I will let you know when we get to that section. Um, this is a really good movie. It has a few really good twists. And the animation is breathtaking. No words I can... No words I can use will fully describe seeing this in person. Uh, I know it's, you know, different for everybody. Some people live in, you know, larger cities. They might not have a theater they can go to and feel safe at. Um, I personally was, like, the only person in my row. Uh, there was literally just no one else in that entire row with me. So, you know, and I, you know, had a mask on. Uh, it was a pretty empty theater. We had, you know, safety precautions and all that. But I understand some people can't. If you can, go see it. If you can't, maybe you should wait till it's on streaming and then come back and listen to my opinions on it. Uh, but regardless, you should have seen Demon Slayer, the actual show, before this. So let's let's get into that. Uh, this movie is a sequel or a part of the Demon Slayer TV show, the anime. Uh, Demon Slayer is a show that came out. When did it come out? Uh, I want to say twenty nine. Yeah, twenty nineteen. So it was uh, spring to fall of twenty nineteen, and. It's a really good show, has really good characters, very uh, in-depth story about demon hunters and, you know, demons uh, in a sort of in a sort of mid-industrialization Japan. So, you know, mid-industrialization as in, like, you know, trains are still new, uh, but most of the rural areas still look like, you know, rural, you know, more, more medieval-ish Japan. Not like medieval, but that vibe. And demons exist, and they're hunters. So, go watch that show. It deserves all the love it can get. Uh, if you're more of a book person, it has a manga. So, you know, you can check that out. Uh, I will provide links to where you can buy the manga and watch the show in the description. Um, if you want to see the movie, it's going to be playing this weekend. It should be at theaters around you. Although, thanks to the reduced theater size, those tickets might be sold out by this point. I know... Uh, the row I was in was, like, the one of the front rows, so most of the other rows, though, had at least, like, two or three groups of people, you know, distanced apart. So you might not be able to find a good seat. Um, but that's all the warning for this. That's just all the setup. So, um, you should have seen the movie, you should have seen the show at this point. If you are still listening to this, shame on you. It's on Netflix. I know you probably have access to at least one Netflix account. You should be watching, you should watch it real quick. It's a pretty short, it's a, it's only, what, 24, 21 episodes, I believe? You could knock that, 26 episodes, and you could knock that out pretty quickly. But, uh, if you don't have time for it, okay. My thoughts on the Demon Slayer show. It's amazing, it has beautiful animation, and a really fun cast, and really fun characters, and a heartwarming story. And what makes this movie special is that 
most anime movies, like movies based on anime property, aren't really connected to the main story. So, like, I'll, I'll use Naruto as an example because it had a lot of movies. All of those movies are kind of set in a nebulous time period. Based on the character's appearance and the abilities they use, you can technically put it in some general area, but the shows generally act as if these movies never happened. The reason this movie is different is because this movie is a direct continuation on the show, and the next season will directly lead off of this movie. So it's canon to the show. Like, if you're watching the show, you'd watch the first 26 episodes, this movie, and then the next season. Um, so yeah. yeah. Um, all in all, it's breathtaking. This movie is, you will rarely see a movie that looks this good. Of course, Ufotable, the studio that uh, did most of the animation, a lot of the animation work for this, they have always done great work. Uh, Fate, Zero, Fate Zero comes to mind. It's the only part of the Fate series I watched, but it was gorgeous, and that was just a show. And when they have a movie budget, oh, they got a really big budget, and you can tell they used every penny of it, every second they had to make this movie just look spectacular. The animation is always very crisp, very smooth. Um, and when they go into a fight scene, you are you are in for a treat. The uh, Demon Slayer has always had a really distinctive art style. The gimmick is, you know, for those of you who haven't seen the show, again, shame on you. Uh, but uh, the gimmick is that they have swordsmen who can use special breathing techniques. And these breathing techniques draw upon elemental parallels. So, you know, water, earth, wind, that kind of stuff. Um, so, like, the main character is a water uses water breathing. And the way they demonstrate the uh, effectiveness of the sword techniques is by having, like, really beautiful water Japanese watercolor-style effects uh, animated over the sword swipes. So, when he uses one of his water breathing techniques you'll see, like, a water dragon envelop his sword and just, like, a cresting waves of water slashing through enemies. Um, and actually, you can see two styles in this in this movie because they are paired up with the Flame Hashira uh, to investigate a train where people have been going missing en masse and they send in some demon slayers and they also have mission. And so he's one of the Hashira who are, like, the nine, you know, top-tier demon slayers, like, the head of the organization. They're... The Elite Team, the Goatee 13. Uh, it's a pretty common trope in anime, and he's the fire elemental one of them. Uh, he has this really weird, direct kind of, Hello, I'm me. This is a wonderful day to see you. I know, right? <laughs> uh, and his personality kind of annoyed me. When we first started on the train, he was like eating and saying delicious after every bite. And I was like, oh, God, am I going to put this as a whole movie? But as the movie goes on, he becomes very fun. Uh, he's always upbeat and interesting, and he gets serious when the situation calls for it, but he never loses that uh, sort of inner fire, which I guess is really appropriate for him being, you know, the fire elemental of the team. Uh, and he really grows on not just you, but also the other characters, because there are three up-and-coming demon slayers, and he even agrees to start trying to... Well, we'll get there. I'm trying not to do a spoiler right now, so just giving the bear plot. Anyway, at the end of the, the uh, last episode of the anime, the the demons have this ranking system of 12 higher-ranked demons. So you have the six top six and the lower six. Um, and their boss got really angry at the lower six because they haven't been improving, whereas the top six have changed, 
have been basically unbeaten for centuries. The lower six constantly flunk out or die or get murdered by the Hashira. So he decides to kill all of them. But one of them manages to convince him that he deserves that she, you know, he deserves a second shot. Um, and he's called Lower One, uh, also known as In Inma Inmu Inmu. And uh, so he gets some extra blood and a power up from their boss, and uh, he's sent off to hunt down and kill a Hashira, and also kill Tanjiro because. Um, well, we haven't know the reason yet. He seems to have some personal grudge against him because he reminds him of what we think is Tanjiro's father. So there's some potential history between the, uh, le- the leader and first demon and Tanjiro's father, which will be interesting because we already know Tanjiro's father seemed to have mastered some kind of fire-breathing technique, which Tanjiro also uses. Although it's considered different from the flame techniques that the, um, fire, the flame Hashira uses, so... Anyway, so they go to investigate the train. Of course, he's doing it. He has some human helpers, and that's the story. Um, that's the basic outline of it. They fight him. Some stuff happens after they fight him. That is really cool. Uh, the characters are all fun. Inosuke is a little energetic. Uh, some of the scenes made me facepalm just of how goofy they can be. because it's, it's really, really amazing how this show can go from, like, super serious and bloody... You know, limbs flying everywhere to, oh, they're, they're just a bunch of kids. This is kind of sad. Uh, Nezuko is cute. Uh, she's always kind of adorable, especially when she's like size changes. Because uh, uh, that's the main character's motivation to become a demon slayer. His family was murdered, but his sister was turned into a demon. Uh, and he's trying to find a cure for her. And she has managed to avoid eating anyone for years and is learn to somehow gather her energy by sleeping during the day instead of devouring humans. Um, so she doesn't, she has like a muzzle on her to just, you know, as a reminder to never try and eat humans. Um, there's a lot more to it than that, but again, if you want to know more about the basic plot of the whole series, you should really just watch the show. It's on Netflix again. Go see it. So yeah, that's the basic overview. The plot's pretty fun, and Mu is a cool character, uh, well, a cool villain. He doesn't have a lot behind him. He is kind of just one of those villains that's like, you know, murderously loyal to his leader and wants to rise up in the ranks. But he is good for what he is. And there's a secondary villain later on that I'm not going to spoil who's actually a lot more interesting. And we will probably be... Again, no spoilers yet. Can't say anything. Anyway. uh, Characters all fun. Voice acting is amazing. And the animation... I I said it multiple times. You will not see anything this good for a long time to come. This is top-tier animation by one of the best anime anime animation studios out there. And the attacks, the fire, the watercolor, water, and fire effects combined with the uh, sleep, the sleep hypnosis stuff and the uh, air blast and the lightning. Ugh. It is gorgeous. And you need to see this in person. Even if you just, like, find some of the scenes and watch them on YouTube, you need to at least see this. It It is a spectacle. In the best way possible. Alright, so, that's as much as I can say without uh, going to spoilers. Again, final warning, highly recommend you go see it. It has... It is just a wonderful movie that deserves to be seen more. Uh, again, if you don't feel safe, don't feel forced to go. It'll be on streaming soon enough, and you can watch it then. All right.
Everybody's gone. Who doesn't want to hear this? The Flame Hashira dies! They killed him! And I actually felt something! Like, for the first time ever watching one of these, one of, watching Demon Slayer, I actually wa didn't want this character to die! I, I really hated him at the beginning. He was kind of annoying when they first walked into the car. But he grew on me! And then when he died, I was like, damn it! Why did you make this great character just to kill him off? It's such a waste! It's just such a waste. I mean, the way he goes out is just badass. Uh, okay, since we're in spoiler mode, one of the upper three, the, uh, one of the upper demons, upper three, comes out of nowhere at the end. Apparently he'd been watching all this to report back to the master or something. And, uh, his gimmick is that he became a demon because he was, like, a expert martial artist, but he grew to have a fear. Apparently he grew to have a, some kind of, well, this is mostly implied, but you can read into it, that he had a fear of growing old and dying. And so his whole thing was, great warriors are above the rest of humanity, and we shouldn't have to grow old and die. We should remain in our prime forever to grow stronger and stronger. That's why demons are better than humans, because we won't age or die. As long as we stay out of the sun and don't have our heads cut off by a very special special type of blade, we can live forever. Uh, so, you know, that's his whole deal. Uh, he actually has a whole thing where whenever he fights a particularly strong opponent like a Hashira, he always offers them the chance to become a demon. Even if he's already, like, speared them through the chest, like, fatal blow. As long as they're alive, they can still become a demon if he gets if he gets them help quick enough. So he even on, like, Death's Door, he'll offer them to become a demon. And apparently no one's ever accepted because, well, I mean, because they're the good guys. They're, like, you know, the generals of the Legion of Demon Slayers. They've all probably... Most of them have had personal tragedies related to demons. They've seen their comrades, families, loved ones die. I mean, Tandro's entire family was slurred by demon. His sister turned into one, and she nearly went feral before she got control of herself. You know, people like that don't exactly want to become the thing they hate. Uh, and he even remarks that all of his strongest opponents are always the ones who don't want to become a demon, and it's so sad. Uh, and, he, and he feels it's his mission to put them out of their... You know, put them out of their misery before they grow old and weak like the rest. Uh, and of course, Rengoku fights him. And the fight is spectacular. A lot of anime will have this in some of the earlier arcs. Like, one earlier arc will have a big heavy hitter character go up against uh, some other heavy hitter characters. Uh, so, for example, in uh, Naruto, they had... They had, um... Who was it? Uh, Itachi and Kisame go up against Jiraiya, and they're like, you know, top-tier, top-tier Shinobi. You won't really see a fight like this for a long time. You know, they square off and stuff like that. And to get you pumped for the places the series can go, to introduce new mechanics to the magic system or fighting system or the mechanics of the world. Uh, it helps introduce things like that. And this, I mean, if I gotta say one thing for Goku's death, he went out like a badass. He went out like a badass. Uh, he, so Rengoku ends up fighting him, but of course he's a demon and his regeneration is even faster than most demons since he's one of the most powerful of them. And he's just regenerating from everything you can throw him in. And he can't get, he can't cut off his head, which is the killing blow. That's how you kill them. You gotta cut off their head with a special type of blade and they won't regenerate from that. Um, so eventually Rengoku unleashes the most powerful attack, which looks like a dragon because yes, of course it has to look like a dragon because dragons are amazing. Uh, and there's the dust storm. They are, you know, the main character was like, he's got he's to survive, he's got to survive. The dust clears, and they're like, Rengoku, 
And then there's a hand through his chest. And you're just like, oh. And at this point, he's had, like, wounds all over his body. One of his eyes got crushed by a by a blow earlier in the fight. Like, he was going to die even before this, but that's just, like, the blood says, yeah, even if we got you medical attention, you wouldn't just, like, not be able to fight again. You're just not going to survive. Because I had hoped that even if he got crip- wounded or crippled and wouldn't be able to fight, he would still be able to be, like, a teacher or a mentor for them. Um, he would seem like, he seemed like he would have been a fun mentor to have for the main characters. I actually would have really liked Rengoku to become, like, a regular part of the cast. I really enjoyed the dynamics he had with Tanjiro, Inonosuke. Um, Zenetsu not, didn't have as much interactions with him. Um, and he ended up warming up to Nezuko a bit. They don't have as much interaction either, but his interactions with Tanjiro and Inosuke were really fun. I would have loved to see more, but of course, he's gone. He's dead. But he went out like a badass because of course he's not already dead by the giant hole in his chest. He's managed to clinch his chest muscles so that he grabs the arm of the demon and holds it in place. The demon tries to swing at him but no, he grabs his other arm and he pushes his blade to the demon's neck and just starts pressing down with all his might. And the other characters are like broken and wounded, but they pull up together to try and help him. And the demon sees the sun rising because demons can die. The only other way demons can die is uh, sunlight. It'll burn them, like vampire style. But, um, and the only way the demon is like terrified, because he's like, his neck is like half chopped off at this point. He's struggling with all his might. The sun's about to come out. And the other characters are rushing to hit him. And the last possible second, Lower 3 manages to literally rip his arms off. Yeah. He doesn't get the arm out. He rips them off with pure force while he runs from the sun, trying to find a place to hide during the day. Uh, Tanjiro gets in one final blow, throwing his uh, sword like a spear and calling him a coward as he runs away. He was perfectly willing to fight when he had the advantage of infinite regeneration and... You know, no sunlight to harm him. But as soon as the sun comes up, of course, he runs like a coward. Gives a big old speech. And then Rengoku sits them down. You know, he manages to hold on for a bit longer to give them a final speech. And to give Tondro some advice on his father's technique he had learned, he had remembered, uh, and turned into a fire technique that he's been using, the Hinokami. The Hinokami. Um, and yeah. Rengoku dies, and you just get this last final scene of the ravens that use his messengers going to inform the rest of his Hashira and them just mourning him. And their uh, their leader, like, the they, they have this, like, blind old leader who they all treat with immense amount of respect. He is just kind of melancholy, but not sad, because he's, he's really old and sickly, and it's clear he's gonna die soon, and he's happy that he's happy that at least he'll be dying soon enough to, that his you know, friend, his trusted disciple won't have to wait long to see him again. And so it's all really heartbreaking and te- and horrible, and you just want him to come back because he was such a fun character with all so much more use, use in the series. But that's what makes character deaths in series, well, important. Uh, when it comes to a character in a show or a movie or a book, the reason it's impactful isn't the same reason somebody dying in real life is impactful. It's because this was something that uh, it had potential. Whenever you're reading a story, each character has potential. You unconsciously think of the ways this character could be used in the future. When he says he was going to teach them, I just imagined all the different lessons and moves and stuff. 
and I imagined scenes of him teaching, and I wanted to see those for real. But when they kill him, they prevent you from seeing those. They rob you of that potential. That's the gut punch. It's not the same as a person dying. It's a less personal thing, almost. It's almost like they've took the writer's taken something from you. They took the potential of those scenes and threw them away. So you're left with the sadness, the loss of that potential. Anyway, this has run very long. Uh, it's probably the longest episode I've done, except for that two-parter. That was my first episode. So I'm going to go ahead and start my uh, closing marks. Overall, I would rate this as one of the best anime movies I've ever watched. Um, like, this is up there with some of Studio Ghibli's works, if you're interested in other anime movies and stuff like that. Demon Slayer is a good show to get into. Uh, this movie will blow your mind if you're not used to this kind of animation. My brother actually has get, got into it uh, when the show came out, and I'm not sure if he knows the movies out yet. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Great show, great movie. If you like this, if you end up liking this kind of stuff, uh, you can check out more stuff like this on Funimation or Crunchyroll. Uh, Studio Ghibli's works are great things if you want to get into anime movies. And yeah. So uh, I'll link some stuff in the description if you want to check it out. And if not, I'll see you guys next time. So next Tuesday, we're going to be checking out the Mortal Kombat movie because I... Wanna, you know, wanna, wanna see that. It looks decent, and it's a new movie coming out, so I decided, you know, let's do something recent to go with this recent movie. Um, after that, since we've had two movies in a row, I'm gonna go ahead and grab a video game. I'm gonna be finishing up playing my playthrough of Subnautica soon, so if you're interested in underwater exploration, you should tune in for that on Friday. Uh, it's been great, you know, just shouting into the void again. Uh, <laughs> hope you come back to the library then. See you around. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode, and thank you for listening to The Dragon's Library. Please, subscribe to this podcast to be notified of new episodes. The Dragon's Library releases new episodes Tuesday and Friday each week, and you can follow us on Twitter at dragon underscore library 2. If you want to suggest an episode topic, my email is in the description below. As always, thank you so much for all your support.